Welcome to the first ever episode of the Upper 90 Football Podcast, providing American coverage and opinions on all things football. I'm Garrett Post. And I'm Justin Ruderman. And we are your hosts. Justin, tell us about the Upper 90 Football Podcast. Yeah, man. I'm really excited to start this podcast with you. We're mainly going to be talking about the Premier League and the MLS, but we're going to talk about things from all around the football world, anything that's happening during the week of our podcasts. So this week, quite obviously, is the start of the Premier League on Friday. Arsenal and Brentford will be kicking off the season. So we thought it would be fitting for us to follow the trends of every single other person making football content and do our Premier League predictions. So how this is going to work, we're going to go from 20th position and go all the way up the table. Justin and I have not told each other who we've predicted to be in what position, and we will also be predicting um, the Golden Boot, the Golden Glove, the PFA Player of the Year, Young Player of the Year, Manager of the Season, etc. So without any further ado, Justin, should we jump right in? Let's do it. All right. Who'd you uh, pick for your first one? For 20th position, I put Norwich City. And, and here's my reasoning. There is a massive Emmy Buendia-sized hole in their team. The fact of the matter is that I, I really don't think that Cantwell and Kieran Dowell alone are going to be able to carry that team. Um, I think their squad is weaker than it was the last time they were in the Premier League, and they got relegated by a long shot. Um, and, and finished bottom again. So I think the same thing is going to happen, unfortunately, for Norwich City. Um, yeah, what about yourself? Couldn't agree with you more. I, I also put Norwich bottom. I, I, the the Wendium loss is just so big. I mean, to fill that hole, they, they haven't. They're relying so much on Cantwell. Pookie is not going to be able to carry them. I wish I could say as an American that Sargent will score enough goals to keep him up, but he won't. It, it's... They're, they're in trouble. They're really in trouble. I don't see a way that they stay up this year. No, and their back line is in, a, is in a spot of bother. They don't have Jamal Lewis, nor do they have Ben Godfrey. So some pretty uh, experienced championship center backs um, and then Max Aarons. But it, I just see them conceding a, a bucket load of goals just like they did. I think it was 76 um, in the nineteen twenty campaign, which was um, almost a, a Premier League record. So... Um, I think it's going to be a bleak campaign for them. In 19th, I've gone for Brentford. And, and here's what I think. A lot of people think they're going to stay up. But the fact of the matter is that they, you know, compared to, to Norwich and Watford, they were the weakest of those three teams in the championship. Ivan Tony's a fantastic striker, but I just don't think they have the pieces around him. And if he picks up an injury or gets into a slump of any, of any form, you know, they're just going to be in big trouble. I don't think Embuemos can be able to, to score enough or assist enough to help Tony to keep them up. Um, so although I like the signing of Christopher Ayer from, from Celtic, I think that's smart business. Um, I, I still just don't think Brentford are going to have enough to, to avoid relegation, unfortunately. But I hope they do. I hope they do. I like Brentford as a club. Well, luckily, we do not have the same predictions. Uh, I put Watford in 19th. I think that they will go straight back down with Norwich. I do not think Sar is enough to keep him up. He is a class, class player. I love to watch him. But I just don't think it's enough. I, I hope that uh, Ben Foster starts. I'd love to see a GoPro in the goal for the Premier League. But um, other than that, I, I, there's not much exciting for me for Watford. I can understand that. Uh, you know, I feel like the relegation spots were, were really a tricky pick this year because 
all of the promoted teams are a bit on the weaker side. And then there's also some Premier League clubs who are really in trouble at the moment. And for 18th, I put an established Premier League club, and that would be Southampton. So I, I just think with the Danny Ings sale, I don't think Adam Armstrong, who they just brought in from Blackburn, is going to be able to score enough goals to keep them up. Um, now there's news coming out today that Yannick Vestergaard is on the verge of joining Leicester City. Um, and I just think they're they're in some big trouble, Southampton are, especially, you know, they had a very poor run of form on the back half of the season. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't say another nine nils coming, but it's going to be a pretty miserable season for the Saints, in my opinion. Uh, I'm in no disagreement that the Saints are in a relegation fight. There's there's no doubt about that. Things is a huge loss, but they're not my 18th pick. My 18th pick is Newcastle United. Interesting. I I just feel like this might be the year. I truly believe Steve Bruce is the worst manager in the league. And I don't know how they're staying up. I really don't. I mean, we know they have ASM. We, But other than that, do they have anything that's going to keep them up? They're not defensively solid enough. They don't have energy. They don't have excitement going on. I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of a kickoff. I've watched true Jordy. He, he has no faith. He, I don't see why he would. He's, he's thought they were go down last year because there's nothing about them. That's exciting. I, I think the form of Joe Willick, who they who are about to bring, they're on the verge of signing from Arsenal for, I think it was 20, 25 million pounds, which I think is definitely an overspend. But as you can tell, they're desperate. If he can resemble, you know, anything near what he was playing at, you know, at the back end of the last season, because he was just, what was it, eight goals in like 12 appearances? Yeah. It's not going to keep that up. But if you can do half of that, I think Newcastle will have a chance just because of the the weakness of some of the other teams around them, in my opinion. Yeah, I I just think that that from Willock was just a purple patch. He, He had a really good run of form. I don't think he can keep that up for an entire season in order to keep Newcastle up. Um, and as you said, it's it's just an overspend. All right, 17th, moving on. I have Burnley in 17th. Their squad is just paper thin. They they lost Robbie Brady. The only person they've brought in is that right back from Stoke, um, blanking on his name. Um, Collins, I believe is his name. Yeah, Nathan Collins. Um, you know, not a Premier League quality player. Uh, you know, one or two injuries and and they're really bare bones. Their bench is going to be stacked with kids um, for the whole season. Pretty much. I think Burnley are in a, are in a really bad spot right now. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Sean Dyche finally leave turf more this summer. Um, Cause I think he, he'll probably realize that it's a sinking ship. Once again, we agree. I put Burnley in 17th. Um, I, and I agree with you about Sean Dyche. I, I'm surprised he's not gone already. He should have gotten an offer to go somewhere else. Uh, that better than Burnley. He, he's not a bad manager. He's better than bottom of the Premier League. Um, he, he's a mid-table manager, in my opinion, and he should be at a club like that. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if he left. And I wouldn't be surprised either if Burnley go down. They, they are... No, I, it, I wouldn't. I mean, it's, it's, they had that takeover, but they, they've still spent no money. Like, I'd love to see what their you know, net spend over the last five years is. Because they just they just don't buy players, and especially if Everton are about to sign Dwight McNeil, um, I, I saw there were rumors today of, of who they were going after as a replacement potentially. But um, I, I just don't think Burnley have enough quality. They, you know, they're defending. Obviously, will we'll always give them a chance just because they're so solid at the back. 
But, you know, if Tarkovsky or me goes down, they're really in trouble because, you know, the back line and Nick Pope is basically all they can rely on because they just don't score goals. Yeah, I mean, it's the same reason that we both put two promoted teams in our relegation because they're not spending enough. You need to spend to stay in the Premier League. You don't spend money, you're not staying in the Premier League. It's as simple as that. All right, moving on. 16th, I've put Watford. Um, I, I think I'm definitely being optimistic here. It, there is a good chance that they go down. But I think they do have quality. I think Jao Pedro is a really good young player. Um, obviously, Ismail Sar, Ismail Sar rather, um, is, is a Premier League quality player. And I'd be surprised if he didn't move on this summer to a bigger club. Um, and we'll see. I think Will Hughes is really good. Um you know, he played decently in the prem before they went down. Obviously, they don't have Decore. They don't have Etienne Capoue, who were, you know, big reasons why they, they spent, what, three, four seasons in the prem before they got relegated again. Um, so I think this is definitely one that I'm probably going to get wrong. But I kind of had to put them here just because of how much I think Burnley and Southampton are going to struggle. It was kind of tough to, to because there's like five teams that I think are going to get relegated. So trying to, you know, solve that puzzle was quite difficult. What about yourself for 16? Yeah, I mean, I think that you... 15th. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't think that... Another I think you 16. could be right. <laughs> Either way, I, I think that you could be right on this Watford thing. I think that they um, they were very defensively solid at the end of last season. And and that that is the ticket generally for promoted sides to stay up if they can, if they can stay defensively solid. Although I wouldn't be surprised if we see a new manager at Watford early on or mid-season as well. They they love sacking people. So as as we'll Irish guy said, Zisco Munoz is about three steezes away from getting getting sacked. So, but no, I, I agree. I think their backline saw. I think Truce to Kong is a good center back, um, and, and we'll see how he does in the prem because he um, joined the club. I think it was it might have been the middle. I think it was January of. Uh, the 2019-20 campaign. I could be wrong. It might've been last summer, but I, he was not on the Premier League roster and we'll see how he does. Um, yeah. So moving on. Yeah. My, my, my oh, 16th spot, my 16th spot is uh, your relegation, Southampton. Oh, right. Okay. Sorry. I, I, uh, I just think Ings is so, so big that that loss is really just going to put them in a relegation scrap that simply, and they could go down because of it. Che Adams as your starting striker is not, is not sufficient. And Ings is a top level striker. He is a top six side striker. He is that good. And to lose him on a Saint side that's already mid table puts you in trouble. Well, here's where I'll challenge you, Justin. They had Che Adams starting next to Danny Ings all season, right? They finished they 15th last season. They finished 15th last season with Vestergaard with Ings, although Ings was injured for a decent amount of the yeah. decent amount of the season. So I think they're going to do worse than last year, which is why I put them in 18th. I will also remind you that at one point last season, Southampton were top of the Premier League table. So okay, well, so were Everton, and we know how that ended up. So <laughs> right, that's I yes. So I, I think Theo Walcott's going to do enough to keep Southampton out out of out of relegation. To be honest, I I, as I agreed with you when you said it. They are in a relegation scrap. There's no doubt about it. What about your 15th? All right, 15th. I put your relegation candidates, which is Newcastle. Um, I I think they do have enough to stay up, just because Steve Bruce is a defensive oriented manager, and his system. Although they I, they don't have the best defenders. Um, they weren't too awful last year. I think uh, Callum Wilson 
you know, was superb last year. We'll see if he can score as many goals. He probably won't. I think if St. Maximin can stay fit for as long and if they can, you know, kind of continue the form that they had at the back half of the season because they made a very late push to stay up. They've got Willick permanently, who I agree it's an overspend, but I still think he's going to be a really important player for them. So I think Newcastle are just going to have enough because although they are weak, I just think there's weaker teams in the league, you know, which we've already discussed. How about yourself for 15th? 15th, I put Brentford. I So wow. obviously, yeah, I, I just think the project that they're building is is really impressive. The, what Thomas Frank has done there is is an incredible thing. It's almost Leeds-esque. Um, not quite, because obviously Bielsa's a, another level of manager. Um, but it, it really is. It's the club. They do everything right. They find signings for cheap that always produce. It's it's a well-run club. Ivan Tony is a class striker. He will show his Premier League quality and and keep them up almost single-handedly. He, he will score a lot of goals for them, and Buemo will be part of it. I really could see them having a good year. Obviously, they could go straight back down, but I, I'm putting them up. I'm putting them in 15th. I'm, I'm backing them. In terms of the impressiveness, what's almost more impressive is they came up the season after losing their two best players in Watkins and Ben Rama, and then they still managed to come up through the playoffs, obviously. Um, and I agree. I think Thomas Frank is a really good manager, but I, I think just their style of play, they're just going to be really exposed at the back. Um, and I don't think Pinnock and, and A are going to be able to do quite enough to keep them up. They are. But as, as you point out, when they lose players, they replace them. And that's, and that's what I back about them. I, I may not know all their players. I, we may not know all of them by name. We may not say, oh, that's a great player. But Brentford scouted them. They saw them. And they sell them on. It, it works out for them. So I'm hoping. And I, and I, also, I also just kind of hope they're going to stay up. You know, I like them. <laughs> all right. 14th, I put... Patrick Vieira's Crystal Palace. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit of a rocky start for the former Arsenal legend, of course. Um, I think the signing of Mark Wehi and and Elise are both really good signings. Um, although their their bench also is really thin. They lost a lot of players just due to their contract expiring this summer. But I think Vieira will do enough for them to you know comfortably finish above relegation. They might be a little worried at some point of the season, but I think. Um, once Eze comes back and with the quality of Elise and Zaha, Benteke had a real up year last year. So if he can continue that, I think Palace will comfortably finish mid-table. Yep. Uh, for me, I put Wolves there. I think that Wolves are going to have a little bit of a drop-off. Um, I think that Bruno Lage is, if I pronounce that correctly, is a huge downgrade on Nuno. I think I, I really think that Nuno is a quality manager and Wolves downgrading from that is, is big. I don't know if Raul Jimenez can come back from his injury and perform the way they need him to. Um, and, and they have good players, you know, but they're an aging side. I, I think they'll finish 14, 14th. That's I mean, they finished 13th last year, so it wouldn't be that much of a drop off, but um, I, I agree. They, they could, it, it could go horrendously wrong for them. It really could. Um, yeah, well, before that, before, two seasons yeah, ago, they were in the two seasons ago they were in the top half and they were performing well. So they they, they fell, seventh in consecutive right, seasons, right? Exactly. So they they're falling down, and I, and a lot of people might back them to you know get back in the top half because of the way that they're run. But I I don't think I think this is that is the start of the decline for Wolves. 
All right, fair enough. Moving into 13th, I have Graham Potter's Brighton. Uh, talk about a team that desperately needs a striker. Um, you know, on XG and X points last season, they finished, they were what, fifth, sixth, something like that. They create a bucket load of chances. Um, I think they'll do better than last year just because I just don't know how they can get so unlucky. But I do think that Ben White is a big loss. So I wouldn't be surprised if they finish below this. I don't think they'll finish any higher than 13th. They could definitely finish below that. But um, if Maupai and Danny Welbeck, well, Danny Welbeck, if he remains fit, which is extremely unlikely, if they can find their shooting boots, I think Brighton will be fine. Um, yeah. How about yourself? 13th. 13th uh, is, is Crystal Palace. So, I, I mean, you said it. They have a new manager in Vieira. We, uh, we know him from New York City. We've seen him in MLS. Um, he then went on to Nice. He's done all right at both places. Nothing spectacular, but, you know, he's 40% win rate. It's pretty good. So, he, he, I think he can keep Palace mid-table. He could even do better. A front four of Zaha, Benteke, Eze, and Olesi is it's frightening. And uh, they got two new center backs in. They spent a lot of money on them. Hopefully that can strengthen their defensive back line. Yeah, I think Anderson's a great signing, by the way. I forgot to mention him from uh, – Yeah. From, um, but he was, he was, you know, Fulham's really main positive from last season. And it sucks for them that their main positive was not a player that they had permanently. But, uh, yeah, I agree. I think Palace – I think Vieira will do fine. All right, moving into 12th, I've put Wolves there um, up one position – just because I think as much as they haven't really strengthened their squad, the two players they brought in were from like the Colombian league. And uh, I think the Greek league was the, the Rui Patricio replacement and blanking on the guy's name. But um, I just think with Raul back, that'll be enough to just get them, you know, maybe two, three points higher than they were last season. Still going to be bottom half, still not Nuno's wolves. I, I honestly don't see wolves returning to, Europe anytime soon. They kind of have a big rebuild. Um, we'll see what happens. But with throw now 30, Connor Cody's getting on. I think Ruben Neves will probably leave next summer, if not in January. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree. It's still not going to be great for Wolves. Yep. I agree with you. And, and uh, I followed you with Crystal Palace. I'm following you with Brighton right behind you, right in front of you. So I think Brighton are going to get set. It's 12th. Um, now this is partly, con we're, we're doing this before the transfer window closes. This is partly contingent. I, I believe they have to sign a striker before the window closes. Surely. They, Surely. they just got 50 million from Ben White. They have the money they've got to spend and, and it's got to be a striker. As you said, they're XG merchants. They have one of the best XGs in the league and they don't produce from it. So I think that a striker could really boost them up the table. And I think that they could get in 12th. Uh, I also think, you know, Lamptey got injured in the middle of last year. He's obviously not fit to start the season, but if he can become fit, he can be a huge difference maker for he them. I mean, player, isn't he? Great player. absolutely class player. He will move on to a top six or a top four side soon enough. No, you're right. If they sign a striker who can actually finish these, you know, golden opportunities that they create all season, you know, it could be a, a, a great season for Chris Hamill and co. <laughs> Okay, moving into 11th, the cynic in me has put Everton at 11th. Um, on, on just paper, I'd say our squad is actually better than it was last year. Obviously, uh, the transfer window hasn't shot yet. I still expect us to make at least one or two more signings. 
but um, we've got rid of a lot of Deadwood. I think Andre Gray, or, or sorry, on <laughs> Andros Townsend and Damari Gray are upgrades on Bernard on the bench, and you know, no one because there was no other wingers. You know, a U eighteen spot like Lewis Dobbin, who's actually um, been banging in the goals for for the U twenty threes, and he might make his debut this season. But um, I, I think just Rafa's pragmatism. I think Everton's fantastic away form um, is not going to continue. I think, you know, we, we surely won't be as bad at home because that would be nearly impossible. But um, I think it, it's not going to be fantastic for Everton unless they can sign, you know, a big player like a, a McNeil, a even more lofty than that at St. Maximum. But I still think, you know, I'm keeping my expectations low. And uh, if we finish top half, I'll be very excited. By the way, we yeah we we sh- yes I was gonna say we should have a disclaimer that he's saying we so much he's he's yes, an Evertonian. I am a why. massive Evertonian. I'm a massive Evertonian. And Justin, you can just get it out of the way now. Who do you support in the Premier League? Yes, uh, no, no hate everybody. I'm a, I'm a City fan. So wait, they exist. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. Didn't know I was gonna get that from you, but um, I expected <laughs> it from from our fans maybe. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see where I put them when we get when we get up there. Oh, I think I know where you put them. We'll see. Um, no, eleventh. I uh, maybe not as cynical as you. I put West Ham. Um, okay. I now here's the thing about West Ham. To me, their their season is very dependent on Antonio and whether he can stay healthy. Obviously, there's always a huge question mark with Antonio. So I kind of put I kind of put West Ham like in the middle of where they could be if Antonio stays healthy. They could maybe even make top half if he if he can't stay healthy at all. If he gets injured early, they could be even lower than 11. So I, I know that they, and I also think that um, you know the, the Conference League and all of this. I don't know. We'll see. No, they're in the Europa League. They're not even in the Conference League. They're in the Europa right, League. right. Yes, they're in the Europa League, and Spurs are in the Conference League, but. The I think that that's a lot for them um, to to ask, and and if they can't sign us, I mean, who's their who's their backup striker really? Antonio cannot play in two competitions um, like that, so I, I don't know. I do think, however, it will be a breakout year for Said Ben Rama. I think that he will. He, he didn't really come on last year um, after his transfer from Brentford, but I, I think this will be a breakout year for him. So that that could be West Ham's uh, positive. Yeah, so moving on to 10th, that's where I put West Ham. Um, I agree. I think their squad is really thin, especially when they're in Europe. Um, I think they're definitely going to have a drop-off from last year. I think they kind of have Everton syndrome in terms of that their starting 11 is pretty decent, but they just have nothing on the bench. And um, I was listening to Spencer Owen and his predictions earlier and talking about West Ham. He was saying, you know, he wouldn't be surprised if uh, West Ham pulled a, a Jurgen Klopp and just threw out their U18s in a Europa League match and, you know, because they just don't have the squad depth for Europe and, and they haven't really added anyone this summer, which I think, you know, with the attraction of Europe, they should be adding at least bench players that, that they can rotate in, you know, because they'll be competing in four competitions. Um, so definitely a drop off for West Ham. I think they could go lower because of that as well, especially if Antonio gets injured, because if Antonio gets injured and they progress through the group stage of the Europa League, which kind of seems unlikely to me, but should they do that and they have more fixtures i think they could be in a real spot of bother but i kind of went in the middle like you and i and i just smacked them in 10th right in the middle of the table yep and and, you know we just flipped because i put everton in 10th okay so yeah i mean it's one of those things it's kind of just you don't know 
but um yeah i mean you 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 went over it you're the evertonian i mean they need they probably need an, another signing or two before the window closes a right back, um, please please a right yeah back. we we see we saw uh denzel dumfries is now uh wanted by hey. inter it, hey. they're one of my and and uh everton have fallen off the train so uh, we'll no, see about that. Going after some random twenty-four-year-old Portuguese guy named Buta who plays for Anderlecht, so that's good. Oh no, yeah, sorry, well, for, no, not even Anderlecht. Royal Antwerp. Ah, uh, different, different, different. Yes, and the fee rumored is a mil and a half. So, is that going to be an upgrade on Seamus Coleman? I highly doubt it. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, if it was from Anderlecht, you know, he might be a real good defender. Yeah, but um. But I mean, is this is this the uh, is Sam Vines this guy's replacement? Sam Vines just headed to since we are a American podcast, you know, USMNT player Sam Vines just just headed to Royal Antwerp. So maybe that, that's, that's it's probably the guy replacing the guy you want. We'll so uh, the, the 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 none of the actual like tier one Everton sources have, have been talking about this. I, I forget what the source about Buta was. There was like two different sources, but neither of them were. And before we. Before we pass on Everton, I mean, we, we need to say there's a question mark around Hamas. I mean, we don't know what's what's happening with him. And then that is huge. There's even bigger question mark around Gilfie Sigurdsson. So we'll see what <laughs> happens there. But it is a possibility that Everton could go into the season with zero attacking midfielders in their squad. Um, I, I think it is possible that we see Alex Iwobi employed as a, as a 10 uh this season, we'll see. I think that's actually his best position because he's just not very good on the wing. He can't cross the ball, um, and that's what we need him to do considering we have Dominic Calvert-Lewin. But uh, we'll and see. And you've I, just I signed two wingers. And we just signed two wingers. I, I personally think that Hamas will stay, especially because there's question marks about Sigurdsson. Um, and also nobody wants to come in and pay 200K a week for you know a player who's just, let's be honest, very injury-prone. When he plays, he's brilliant, superb to watch. The highlight of last season for me, but yeah, that that we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I think if he was going to go, he would have already gone. Moving into ninth, I've put Marcelo Bielsa's leads. Um, I think, what, they finished 10th last season? No, we finished 10th. They finished 9th last season, and I think they're going to do that again. I think the addition of Junior Furpo, okay, uh, decent player, has the pace. I'm sure Bielsa will get something good out of him. Do I see Bamford being as good as he was last year? unlikely it's just that that kind of form I, I just don't see him replicating that um I, I think Leeds will have a pretty similar season in which you know they'll score a lot of goals they'll concede a lot of goals not a, not much is going to change so I put Leeds right where they finished last season again we agree I, I also put Leeds in ninth um as you know I am a huge Marcelo Bielsa fan I think he's one of the best managers in, in the not only in the league but in the world um Furpo, you said it. I mean, we'll see what happens. Uh, I, but he's, you know, a fun, fun player from Barcelona. I think Bielsa will get something good out of him. They got Jack Harrison on the, the official transfer, the permanent, rather than the, the loan. Um, so, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I think that they'll just stay about where they were. I don't think that there's any second season syndrome for Leeds uh, because of Bielsa. I think that they'll be fine, but Furpo's not enough to make them go any higher in the table. So ninth again. Totally agree. All right. In eighth place, I've gone for Aston Villa. Um, we both obviously, now that we've passed the spots, we both agree that Aston Villa are going to improve this season, despite the loss of Jack Grealish to Manchester city for a Premier league record fee. 
Um, I just think that their recruitment this summer has been fantastic. I think they took that Grealish money and they spent it really well. I, you know, I'm a very big uh, proponent of Emi Buendia. I think he's brilliant. He, he was, you know, arguably had one of the best seasons of any championship player of all time last season. Um, I think he's going to do fantastically well, probably playing in the midfield. Um, I think Danny Ings, obviously we, we talked about Danny Ings, fantastic striker. He's going to finish anything you put in front of them. The depth that they have in attacking areas is kind of insane. When you think about the fact that they have Bertrand Traore, who had a good season, Omar El Ghazi, who had a really good season. Then they've got Watkins, Ings, Buendia, and now they have Leon Bailey, who I wanted Everton to go after. I think Leon Bailey is a fantastic player, can play on the left or the right, scores goals with both feet, can beat anyone. Um, so I, I think it's going to be a good year for Villa, despite the loss of Jack Grealish. I think that they did what Everton have failed to do many times, which is take that big sale and reinvest the money wisely. I wish we would have done that with the Lukaku money, but we didn't. But I think Villa have done a good job. Um, and also in Buendia and Bailey, these are younger players. Danny Ings, 29. Okay. But he'll still be, you know, it doesn't rely on his physicality, his pace that much. So he'll still be producing for the next, you know, probably three, four seasons should they have him for that long. But Bailey, Buendia, young players uh, just hitting their peaks right now. Um, so I think it's, it'll be a good season for Villa. The one place where I worry for them is just their, their lack of depth in midfield because um, past McGinn, Sanson, Douglas Louise, Barkley has gone back to Chelsea at the end of her, uh, after the end of his loan. I just don't see much depth in their midfield. I think Mings and Konza, that's a good back line. I think Cash is solid. Target, good going forward. And a little suspect defensively. But overall, I think Villa will improve. I think they'll finish eighth. I think a lot of people are going to put them eight. I didn't. I put Arsenal eight. Whoa. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, this, here's the thing. It's not that Arsenal are eight because I think that they're going to be poor. It's because I, there, there's so many good teams this year. The, the Premier League really upped its game, and, and there's so much competition. I think that Ben White is a good addition, maybe a little bit pricey, but he's, he's going to stabilize their, their defense. I am a big fan of Arteta as a city fan. So it's nothing about Arteta. I think that he's, I think he's quality. I'm actually Arteta in, um, even though I'm obviously not an Arsenal fan, but I think that he is a good manager. And I think that Sokka and ESR will have good seasons. I, I don't know. I just think that they are going to have trouble breaking into this top seven that I've made. Now there, that, that does come with one exception um, that I will mention later, but, um, but yeah, Arsenal eight. That that's surprising. That is surprising. Yeah, it's it's a statement. I you got to go with some shocks. You know, something's going to happen this year. Well, here's my shock. I've put Spurs in seventh again. I think they'll finish exactly where they were. They've strengthened. They've added Brian Hill, who I think is a upgrade on Lamella. They've spent a hell of a lot of money on Christian Romero from Atalanta, but um, I I just think with this whole Kane thing. I don't think Kane's going to be producing at the numbers that he was last season. I think his, his head has well and truly been turned. Um, they could even lose him before the end of the window. Who knows? But uh, I, I just think that the atmosphere about, around Spurs isn't great. And, and I really think Nuno is just kind of Mourinho 2.0. Like I don't see him getting that much more out of these players than Mourinho did. Um, and they've spent, they've spent a lot of money, to be fair. And, and you know their defense should be a bit improved. But I, I still don't know how good you can be you know, with Eric Dyer starting week in, week out, as we've said. Um, also, I think the loss of Gareth Bale is, is going to be actually substantial. He scored, what was it, 16, 17 goals in all competitions last season. I think it was a really valuable addition for them. He's gone. So, um, 
don't know. I see Kane struggling to, to produce the most goals and assists in the league again, which is what I think they would need to finish any higher than seventh. It's crazy when you have the best player in the league like that, in my opinion, last season was best player in the league, most goals, most assists, and they still finish seventh. I see that happening again. Fair enough. Seventh for me is Aston Villa. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, this, I, I get the, you know, put Arsenal up and, and drop Aston Villa maybe to eighth. I get that. I really think that this Grealish move was beneficial for Avila. Beneficial. It helped them. They improved their team. They are less reliant on one player. They've now they've now spread around their team. Not only that, but I mean, these are three great players that they've brought in. These aren't average guys. These are top quality players. Um, so I, I mean, I really think that they're going to be uh, a dangerous team. And I think that they have a shot at getting a real European, uh, you know, league rather than the conference league. You know, they might make a Europa League even um, if, if they can really put everything together. Now, obviously, it's hard to gel with new players like that quickly. But uh, you said you love Bundia. I mean, Bailey, you wanted him at Everton. And Ings, I mentioned earlier, simply Southampton losing him puts them in a relegation scrap. I said he's a top six striker. It, he, he could bring Aston Villa into the top six, but I'm putting Aston Villa seventh. Yeah, I think Ings' fitness is going to be a, a big kind of indicator of where Villa finish. I do love Watkins. I could see Watkins playing on the wing even, honestly. Absolutely. Ings, if they want to finish any higher than I put them in eighth, even seventh, that makes sense. If they, if they want to get a, a Europa League spot, Danny Ings is going to have to play a lot more games than he did last year, quite simply, which I, I don't know if I see that happening. He, he's not getting any younger. All right, moving on to sixth place, I put Arsenal. Um, simply with the fact that I, I think Lakonga is a, is a really good signing. They need strength in midfield. I know Partey, I, I believe, is, is injured right now, um, but he'll be back. I just don't see Aubameyang being as poor as he was last season. I just don't see him continuing that because he was just so phenomenal the season before that. We both predicted him after the last season. I'll expose both of us right now. We both predicted him to win the Golden Boot last year. That obviously did not happen. But that kind of shows the form that he was in. And he had a big drop off, but I, I just can't see that continuing. He's just too good for to have two, you know, not just down seasons, but like such so far down seasons. I don't see that happening. I think he'll be better. I think Ben White is, is a significant improvement over Rob Holding. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, put, I put Arsenal sixth. They'll get back in the Europa League. As, yeah. And also, to add to that point, they are not in Europe this season. So they will be concentrating wholly on the league. And that's why I think that they'll finish with Spurs. That, that is a big, big thing. And it, it will help them out. Uh, speaking of Spurs, that's who I put in six. Now, this is, this is where my, you know, asterisk comes in. Because this, I mean, Kane is a huge asterisk. We don't know what's happening with him. I think we both believe that he's not going as yeah. of this moment. But... You know, I'm not that confident he's not going. Maybe maybe 60 40, maybe maybe even a little bit more, but I think I'm that's not... your city optimism. For me, it's 30 70 at this point. Yeah. Going I, staying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think 70. Yeah, maybe my 60 my city bias is pushing me to 60 40 rather than 70 30. But I, I really think he I, I mean, well, obviously I, I just rate him. I think he's I think he's the here, here's the controversial. I think he's the best striker in the world. Woo! I, yes. Woo, Robert Lewandowski. You have something to no. say about that? Woo! Yes. He, he is the best striker in the world. He is better than Robert Lewandowski. Robert Lewandowski wow. 
Robert Lewandowski is a better finisher than Harry Kane is. He's he finishes great. He scores many goals. He's great in the box. He can finish almost anything. Harry Kane can do more, especially in a pep system, especially in a, a spur system where he's a, a free to move around. He, he won the golden boot. He won the playmaker. Lewandowski would never be able to do that. He doesn't provide enough assists. He doesn't. He, I know that he's in a Bayern team that that is so good. So he will get some assists, but he doesn't drop deep and provide the same balls and movement that Kane does. Kane, Kane is a better overall player to me. Yeah, I, I think he's a more complete player. I agree. But in terms of a striker, striker's number one job is to score goals. And the fact of the matter is that there's only one person in the world who's better at scoring goals than Robert Lewandowski, and that's Leo Messi. And last season, that wasn't even true. I mean, Lewandowski just smashed a record that they said would never be beaten in the Bundesliga. 41 goals in a, a season that's only 34 games. And he didn't. He only played like 27 of those or something, and he scored 41 goals. So I agree, Kane is a more complete player. He can do more. But in terms of just who is the best striker in the world, I think it's you well. I think that's really Lewandowski. Well, I mean, I think that's the debate, right? How do you, what is your criteria? Because in a Bayern system, yes, Lewandowski is going to perform better than Kane. But when I'm talking about the best striker in the world, I'm talking about the best player in the world who plays striker, and that is Harry Kane. That is my criteria. It's not. It's not who scores the most goals. That's not all a striker is. A striker does more. I know that in certain systems like Bayern's, that's all he has to do. But Kane, Kane can do more. Kane is a better overall player, as you said. And so my criteria is, who is the best player who plays striker? That is Harry Kane. Okay, before we get too much... Now, now, if, now, if Spurs drop, yeah. now if Spurs drop, lose him, they could drop to eight. They could drop to eight or even oh, nine. Beyond that, I, I think they drop... No, no, well, well, well. If they lose Kane. But hold on, hold on, because... If they didn't replace him, however, they're going to replace him within the window. Yes, I believe you can't replace him. You can't replace well, him. The, the replacement I believe that they have in line is Lautaro Martinez, who is a that, quality. I don't see that happening. I, I, there's I, no way Inter can sell Lukaku and Martinez. And Inter are trying to sell everyone, man. They're they're they're. I mean, you saw the reports of quote unquote liquidation. Just, I don't know what that exactly means. Yeah. But okay. Well, I just they're trying to sell Chelsea, everybody. Chelsea offered an amount of money that Inter just couldn't really refuse for a 28 year old. Lautaro is only what twenty four. I just don't see, especially at the at the number that that's that's been quoted. There's no way Inter can do that. I, I think it would be absolute pandemonium that I just don't think that that's going to happen because I don't think Kane's going to leave in the first place. But should Kane leave, maybe next summer potentially, we'll see. But I don't think that's happening in the next. I mean, if what, they don't get a stri- if they don't get a striker in, yeah, they're in they're in serious trouble. But I don't see any way that they lose Kane and don't bring a striker in. It may not be Martinez, obviously but I don't see any way that they sell Kane and do not bring a striker in this summer. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Moving on to fifth. I've put Leicester city. Um, I think that's where basically every single person on the face of the planet um, has predicted them to finish. Um, I think the loss of Wesley Fofana is huge, but um, the fact of the matter is that this Leicester team, you know, they've, they've just got what it takes to finish in around the champions league spots every year. Haven't quite been able to break into it. Um, I just think that they, they have so much quality. I think their additions, I think Pats and Daka is going to hit the ground running. He, he really is, in my opinion, going to be a very good Vardy replacement, although it's, you know, next to impossible to replace Vardy, but very similar type of player. I think uh, the the signing of Bubakari Sumare is, you know, he very sought after young defensive midfielder, um, a, a player that, you know, I've seen fan channels of every single club in the Premier League saying, we need to sign this guy. We need to sign this guy. Um, I think him next to Ndidi is going to be absolutely just destructive in the midfield. 
Um, and then once they get Fafana back, which, you know, although his, his injury was bad, we've seen that broken legs, you know, actually not as bad as like an ACL. Um, he'll be back in probably, I don't know, six, seven months potentially. Um, so before the end of the season, I think James Justin will be back um, midway through the season as well. I just think they have so much depth. Um, I, I see Lester just getting back in fifth again, but this, this time I think they're going to progress further in the Europa League. I don't think they're going to lose um, in the way that they did again or did last season uh, again, um, which was what I think the, the round of 16, even maybe the quarterfinals when they got shocked by uh, red star Belgrade, I believe. Um, so yeah, Leicester in fifth. I mean, as you said, everybody and their mamas is putting Leicester in fifth. Uh, I mean, it's just where they go. They're, they're not good enough to make top four. They're better than Spurs and Arsenal and Villa. So they're better than everyone. They're, they're right in that limbo position. They're, they're right. And, but, but here's the thing, right? Here's what I will say about Leicester and fifth. They won't be challenging for top four this year. They will be in a comfortable fifth. They, they like, they they'll be closer to sixth than they will be to four. It will, I, I it, it will be, it will be a, it will be a top four and then there will be a drop off. And so it, it, they will not, it will not be to the last day of the season, hoping that they get into the champions league. Like last year, Leicester fans will not have to go through that. They will be in a comfortable Europa league spot. I think they and, should go win the Europa league is what their objective should be for this season. Personally. Cause I agree. I think the top four is just so solidified. Um, I haven't seen anyone put anything other than kind of the consensus top four. It's just all about the order. So we'll, we'll jump into that right now. Fourth. Yeah. Place. Well, let's get to your order. Let's do it. Fourth place. I've put Liverpool. I, I think they're going to have the same problems. Not surprised. Year, man. I think they're going to have the same problems. Yes, Van Dyke is back. I think Kanate is a good signing. Um, but that midfield, not getting any younger. I see Henderson getting injured again. I see Thiago being as ineffective as he was last season because he's just not suited to the Premier League, in my opinion. Their front three, there's no depth. Um, I, if any of the, if that front three gets injured, they're in big trouble. Firmino's gotten worse every single season for the last like three years, four years. Um, I think Liverpool just don't have enough when you look at the rest of the, the other three teams that we haven't mentioned yet and, and the players that they've added, all of them have strengthened. And Liverpool, you know, they added another center back. Um, but other than that, I think the loss of Vinaldum is going to be huge um, and they haven't replaced him is the fact of the matter. I wouldn't be surprised if they did before the end of the window, but you know, with the way that FSG operates, they're not going to go splash when they lose Wijnaldum for free. They don't have that money, you know, with, with their break even kind of attitude. They're not, you know, they already spent, what was it? 40 something, 50 something on, on Kanate. So I see Liverpool finishing fourth. I understand that. I, I do. A lot of people are putting them fourth. And I think that our biases might, might also be coming in here because I put oh, United fourth. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I put, I put United fourth. Now, Here's the reason. There, there's one main reason I put United fourth, and it's a six. They don't have one. They do not have a six. If they sign a six, they are serious, serious title contenders. But McTominay is not good enough. Fred is not good enough. I mean, it's just it, it's not good enough. I also think Cavani is not going to have the same season that he did last year. He's 34 years old. He's just aging and. I know they can put Martial in the nine. They can put Greenwood in the nine, but neither of those are world-class nines at this point that, that it takes to go and win the league that, that city are trying to go and sign that Chelsea win and sign. I mean, these are, these are players that you need. And so because of those reasons, I put United fourth 
I also think uh, I'm not a big fan of Ole. So I, I think that yeah, I, I, it, you, you really need to have a good manager to challenge for a title, which is uh, should be United's goal at this point after signing Sancho and Veron. I mean, they should be aiming for a title. But to, to get there, you need a top-class manager, and I don't believe that they have that. So moving on to third, that's where I put United. Um, I agree. I think Chelsea has leapfrogged them. Um, just in terms of the way that they played in the back half of the season, how solid defensively they were um, with the you know addition of Lukaku that we're about to see. But we'll move on to Chelsea in a second. Here's where I'll, dis- where I'll disagree with you. They finished second last season, and they've added two world-class players in Jadon Sancho and Rafael Varane, one of the best center backs on the planet for the last you know six, seven seasons, and one of the most exciting youngsters in the whole world um, on, on the right wing. So... I, while I agree that Cavani probably won't be quite as good, you say he's aging, but Cavani doesn't really rely on his speed. He doesn't rely on his physicality. It's all about his movement in the box. His ability to finish hasn't gone anywhere, as we saw um, for, you know, especially the back half of last season. He was simply brilliant. So I agree he won't be as good, but but with Sancho, with Veron, I, I think that they'll still have enough to finish third. I don't think they'll finish second like last year, but um, I think fourth is, is a bit harsh for them. I'm assuming third, you've put Liverpool then? Yep, of course. I mean, I think that, like I said, Leicester, Leicester are going to be a drop-off in fifth. I think that, I mean, this is the debate. It's City-Chelsea for the title, and it's Liverpool-United for 3-4. Um, because I think that, for the most part, people people are consensus on that. Um, but again, the reason I put Liverpool uh, third, uh, the manager, I mean, Klopp, Klopp is a world-class manager. He's, he's just better than Ole, and I think that that matters over a long season. Um, I think it's a big deal. I also don't think there's – you were saying about Aubameyang not, not having a slump. I don't think there's any way that Mane stays in this slump. He's going to have – he's going to return to form. Salah was even – a people were calling it a down year last year, and he almost won the golden boot. I mean, he's going to have a better year. I know you're not a fan of Firmino, but he's he's not a goal scorer. I know he's not a goal-scoring center forward. I know, I know. But, um, but yeah, and, and I also think Jota – I mean, Jota is, can fill in for anybody on that front I three. I think Jota should start ahead of Firmino, in my opinion. I think uh, Jota is a well-better player at this moment in time. I don't think that that's uh, an unpopular opinion, but, you know, just they're not, they're not the same players. They do different things, so – Jota is going to score you more goals. Firmino is going to give you some more movement. Um, but I, I think that Jota is going to provide them enough rest. They, the Klopp obviously ran that team into the ground last year. So they've gotten some rest uh, from last season. And I think that they can do it. Obviously, Konate partnering Van Dyke uh, is, is, you know, solid, solid defensively. Uh, Robertson, they got lucky. Not a big injury. If that was, they that would have been... Uh, problematic but yeah i mean for for liverpool the one question mark is virgil van dyke coming back from an acl you never know what that's going to be like he was the best center back in the world we'll see if he still can be what about second let's move on to our title picks all right in second place let the justin triggering begin here we go i've put manchester city in second place but this is entirely entirely dependent on whether they sign Harry Kane. Isn't it always? Isn't it always? City can sign a striker that isn't Harry Kane. I still don't think that's good enough to win the title at this moment in time. Wow. Um, I think if they sign Harry Kane, they will win the title. But I just really don't think that's going to happen. I said 30-70. I'm actually more like 20-80 now that I think about it. It it just seems very unlikely 
to me this summer. I think next summer seems very likely, if Spurs, especially if Spurs have another down year like they did, which you know we both kind of predicted. Um, so I've put City in second. I think obviously Grealish is a great addition, but he's just kind of already adding what City had. That's chance creation is not Manchester City's problem. It's a lack of a cutting edge in terms of ruthlessness in the box movement in the box movement outside the box is phenomenal and we've seen that and I think City kind of got found out at the back half of the season they lost to Chelsea twice they just lost to Leicester in the community shield and that you know they didn't really I think Zach Steffen had to make a lot more saves than Casper Schmeichel did um so that's kind of my controversial opinion I think it's not that controversial at the moment just it's not City don't have a striker so I've put City in second place um I'm assuming you've put Chelsea in second place of course I have. But here's yeah, the thing. Wow, shocker. Here's the thing. I, I believe we win the title without Kane. I believe that if we get Kane, we walk the title. I really believe that. He Now, here's the thing. Gre- you're saying Grealish doesn't add much to the team. I disagree. Grealish... So he adds what you already have. No, really? that's... Yeah, that, I disagree with that point. Here's why. Grealish... The reason that we brought in Grealish is to draw fouls. We've started scoring from set pieces more. Ruben and John have started banging in headers. With Kevin, I the best you're on a first name basis with them, by the way, it's fantastic. I'm a city fan. Be, <laughs> calm down. I um, but Kevin De Bruyne is, I mean, serving in the best free kicks apart from Messi in the world, and Grealish is gonna draw fouls. City have been working on where's the best place to draw a foul. Where do we put Grealish so that he can draw the most fouls and give us the most free kicks and the most set pieces to score goals? They get that Pep has understood that teams just pack the box. So he's trying to find other ways to do it. Now, if we get Kane, obviously, I think we walk the league. I think that makes us even UCL contenders. Um, hold up, hold up. We're talking about Chelsea. This is second place. You should be talking about Chelsea. We'll move on to City in a second. Oh, so it's the same thing. Chelsea, it's the why same are thing. Chelsea not going to win the league. Chelsea are not going to win the league because they have to compete with Manchester City. They are a fantastic team. They will be second place. Signing Lukaku made them title contenders. They and and, and without Kane, they they have a serious shot at it. I do believe that. I still believe that Manchester City are better. I believe we're deeper. I believe, but I'm I'm a big fan of Tuchel. I, I think that the way that he's came in and just turned Chelsea around from what Lampard had was, I mean, he's impressive. Nobody expected it. Nobody expected this. He's now has to be considered one of the better managers in the world at this time. And deservedly so. He, I mean, he beat us in the, in the UCL final, not that I want to talk about it, but it works. And so, and so, and so yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it's not really a change of topic here moving. So obviously first I've put Chelsea. Um, right. Here's my thought. Tuchel came in, Chelsea were sitting in ninth. He took them to the Champions League final and won it and got them all the way into the Champions League spots in fourth place. And they almost lost it, but they could have even finished third. Liverpool kind of snuck in last second. But they, I'd say towards the end, it was a little shaky, but they, they deserved to finish in a Champions League spot by the end of the season. Defensively, they were amazing. Their biggest problem was goals. Their leading goal scorer last year was Jorginho with seven goals in the league, all from the spot. Because obviously Werner had a very down year. I also don't think Werner is going to be as bad as he was last year. I, I don't see that happening. We've kind of predicted. I don't think a lot that's possible. In forms here, but the fact of the matter is that Romelu Lukaku is 20, 25 goals guaranteed. The third Absolutely. best striker in the world, in my opinion. I think he just kind of puts them over the edge in terms of chance creation isn't their problem. You look at their progressive. They have Jorginho, who's one of the best progressive pass, passers in the world. They have. 
Ziek whipping in crosses. I know you love Ziek. Werner's pace is that link up with Lukaku is going to be very similar to Martinez, in my opinion. And then you look at their depth in attacking areas as well. They have Pulisic. I think Mason Mount is going to have another good season. I think N'Golo Kante is arguably the best midfielder in the world right now, um, right next to Kevin De Bruyne. And I just think Chelsea, I think, I think City, it's going to be one of those years for City where they just can't quite put it together, especially without Harry Kane. I, I think if they sign a striker, they have a much better chance, and I'm very on the fence. But at the, at the moment right now with the squads as they are, I think Chelsea are winning the title. Yeah, I mean, all right. I mean, yeah, obviously I put City first. Um, I, think if, I think without with the squads that are happening right now, I still believe that City win the title. I think that if they add a striker, that makes it even easier. If they add Harry Kane, we walk the league. But, I mean, I talked about City a lot last time. I'll talk about Chelsea. I mean, Chelsea, I just think that over a long season, you have to you have to be consistently good and have an extremely deep team. I, I agree. I understand that Chelsea have added to their depth this summer, no doubt about that. But it's just it's – a, it's a big, big ask from Chelsea to go and – from from fourth and go and win the league it really is and i understand that they're champions of europe but winning the ucl is a different ask than winning the premier league it's a completely different competition that's the reason manchester city have not won it yet it's a completely different competition and pep is prepared to take city the length of the way as he has done tuchel we'll see all right we are running out of time here so let's move on we'll quickly do our award winners golden boot i put romelu lukaku I just think with the, the Chelsea team around him, the amount of chances that they're going to create for him, he's a ruthless finisher. It, 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 every aspect of his game, he's improved since going to Italy. I think we're not going to see the Lukaku of United. I think we're going to see the Lukaku of Inter or the Lukaku of his final season at Everton. If he can bang in 25 goals, 25 league goals playing for Everton, playing for Ronald Koeman, I think under Tuchel and this Chelsea squad, he, he'll get 25. He'll win the Golden Boot. Uh, I, I mean, I think that's the popular opinion. I went with Kane because it's kind of a little bit hopeful. Um, if he go, if he goes to City, I think he wins the Golden Boot at Spurs. Uh, I think he still has a chance, so that's why I put him um, because I think he still has a chance at Spurs. If I if I thought he had no chance at Spurs, I would I would have put Lukaku um, because I mean, it's really between I mean, he those two. Has a chance at Spurs, he did it last season, but I think right, right. Well, he didn't have Lukaku in the Premier League either, and Salah had a down year and still almost beat him. So I mean, I think those are the three that people are really going to pick. But but I went with Kane, a little bit hopeful that he comes to City, and if he does, I think he'll win it. Okay, moving on. Golden Glove, I've put Ederson. Yep. I just think City's depth. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you agree. City's depth at yep. center back is just kind of stupid. Ruben Diaz, John Stones, I'm Eric Laporte, Nathan Ake. They're just going to get a lot of clean sheets. And Kyle Walker can even fill in either. And Kyle Walker was, you know, again, superb at the Euros. Ederson, that's a consensus. Let's move on because we're running yeah. out of time. I will say that I will I will say the I will say the one thing is um that it that losing we we could lose Laporte this this summer, um, which is still a possibility and that and that would hurt that. But I but I did put Ederson as well. Okay, PFA player of the year. You go first on this one. Uh Kevin De Bruyne, three in a row. What else would it be? Kevin oh. De Bruyne. He had a down year last year and he won the pfa player of the year it doesn't have oh but it doesn't matter it doesn't matter though because it's voted on by the players they voted him two years in a row every player interview you see that for the most part they'll tell you kevin de bruyne is the best player they will vote for him again he will win it he will be the first player in premier league history to win three in a row kevin de bruyne okay well i disagree um i think that when chelsea win the title 
behind the 25 goals of Romelu Lukaku, he will win the PFA Player of the Year. I think, De, sure, De Bruyne has won it two years in a row. Um, I think with City, you know, as I said, I think they're going to have a worse year. I don't think they're going to walk to the title. I don't think they're going to win the title at all. I don't think that you can give De Bruyne, who obviously is having a lot of fitness issues, I don't think that he'll get voted again. PFA Player of the Year, I think it's going to go to Lukaku, 25 goals for title winners, Chelsea. All right, moving on, PFA Young Player of the Year. Let me guess, you put hmm, Phil Foden. Oh, okay. Well, don't tell everybody that I actually told you that one before the show. So, yes, that one. You didn't. That one. You didn't. You didn't. Okay. Okay. We're talking about you it. Asked, oh, can is Phil still yes. eligible? Which yes, he is. Yes. So Phil Phil will win again, in my opinion. I I know that the popular pick might be Sancho, um, but I think that Foden is the best youngster in the league, and I don't think there's a question about that, honestly. And it's not biased either. Um, I think Foden is absolutely better than Mason Mount. He's better than Jaden Sancho. Um, so I think he will win it again. Obviously rotation is the only reason that he, I think he might not win it because he won't get enough minutes. Potentially Jaden Sancho will get a lot more minutes than he will, obviously. So that is, that is the ch- reason that he might not win it. But all I can say to you is you're spot on. I also put Phil Foden. We've had, we've had this debate many times. I agree. I think Foden overall is a better player than Jaden Sancho. But we've had the debate that I think Sancho is a better winger than Foden because I, I personally still don't think that Fo, that winger is Foden's best position. But yeah, I agree. I, I think Phil Foden is just class. So I think he'll win Young Player of the Year as well. Moving on, most assists, I've put Kevin De Bruyne. It's just I feel like it'd be a bit foolish not to. I don't see Kane having so many assists again this season. So yeah. De Bruyne, I'm sure you put the same thing. I mean, if I put him for player of the year, you think I didn't put him for playmaker? Playmaker yeah. award, Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, it's, you should probably rename it the Kevin De Bruyne award. I mean, I say that, but he didn't even win it last year. But He didn't win was, it last year. That was a result of fitness, though, because Kane, Kane played significantly. He didn't, he didn't win the playmaker, but what did he win? He still won the player of the year, which is why he'll go three yeah, straight. Okay. Remember that. Remember that, listeners. Three straight. Right. Most FPL points, I put Romelu Lukaku. Of course. I put I'm 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 really putting a lot of I'm banking on Lukaku. I really are, really are, yeah. I really am, especially with only four points a goal. I mean, I just think as well. You know, I just think with with 25 goals, I think he will have a a reasonable amount of assists because his hold up play has improved so so much, and his first touch and his passing is just all improved. Because he, you know, Mm, his first touch is still questionable. eh, I mean, the fact of the matter is that that he still led Inter for literally every attacking metric that there is, uh, other than maybe. I mean, no, even progressive carries because because he drew. I agree with you. His his hold up play has is much improved. And he he, and he led uh, Inter, who won the Serie A, in assists. He led them in assists, and I think. um, I think he's going to get the most FPL points just with I, 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 you know, twenty five goals. I see him getting like. Seven, eight, nine assists, something like that, and I think that'll be enough. What about yourself? Yeah, I mean, I went with Harry Kane again. A little sense. bit hope again. A little bit hopefully comes to City. If he does, I don't see any way he doesn't get most FPL points. I mean, Salah, I always think is a danger. Um, Bruno with his pen merchant, but I don't think that United will get as many penalties. I don't think United will get as many penalties this year, um, especially with the new with VAR. The, with, exactly, yeah. it's my exact reasoning. Um, the new VAR, I hopefully will be a better implementation. Um, so I don't think that they'll get as many penalties and uh, Bruno will not get as many points. I think it'll be between, obviously, the same people I think that the golden boot is between, which is Kane, Lukaku, and Salah. Uh, and 
as I put golden boot, a little bit hopeful that he comes to city, but if he does most outfield points, Kane will get a lot of goals. He will also get assists. Um, and obviously he will take penalties for city. And finally city will be able to score penalties if he comes. All right. The penultimate, the penultimate topic, and this is an absolute shot in the dark. There is absolutely no rhyme or reason behind this. It's goal of the season. There is n- we have no clue who's going to score this. Last season, it was Eric Lamella. No one is going to guess that. I put Leon Bailey. I, I just I just foresee him cutting in and just scoring a, just an outrageous curler, like bar down off the maybe off the bar and the post for Villa, um, and and the Holt end going absolutely mad at Villa Park. So I, I you know shot in the dark. What, what did you put? Got a back city, Phil Foden. Oh dear God! Here's why: I think he could have, I think he could score maybe like a Son type goal where he just kind of runs for midfield. He kind of weaves a little bit. He did it against and Brighton, did he not? He did it against Brighton. He almost did it against Paris Saint Germain in the UCL semifinals. He beat the entire, he beat right to the penalty spot and just fluffed his lines. Um, but I, I mean, that is the type of goal I can see Phil Foden scoring. Uh, a Messi-esque, a uh, Neymar-esque, a Son-esque. One of those, you know, I mean, Son, Son won the, the goal of the season from a goal similar to that. I still I think don't Foden, think he should have, as you know. I know. I know you don't. But I think, I mean, I think Ferran Torres last year should have had a shot at the goal of the season. So oh. we're, we'll, we, can, we can always have debates over the goal of the season. But uh, but yeah, I'm going Phil Foden. I think he could do it. I think he's he's just a player that you... you you want to watch when he's on the ball. And so I think he can do something special at all times. All right. The final topic, manager of the season. I've put... I don't think there's any argument what you think you put. Consistent with the rest of my predictions. Yep. Thomas Tuchel, manager of the season. Has to be. Has to be. And let me guess, you put Pep Guardiola. Pep Guardiola, not only the best manager of the league, the best manager in the world, and arguably the best manager ever. But he... um, yeah, I mean, if if City win the league, he will uh, he will win manager of the season again. I mean, that the thing about manager of the season, it it doesn't always go to the best manager. It, I think it doesn't. They should have won it last season. Yeah, and like Pep, generally, just whoever whoever's going to win the league is is going to win that, unless there's something really really shocking like elsewhere. Like exactly was the example I was going to give. So yeah, I mean, Pep and lines up with City and. Tuchel ends up with Chelsea. All right, so that'll do it for the first episode of the Upper 90 Football Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. We hope you'll come back for episode two, where we will be reviewing the first week of the Premier League and talking a bit of MLS um, now that we've got these predictions out of the way. If you would like to stay connected with us, follow us on Twitter at U90Football, and you can follow me at ParrotGhost. And Justin, what's your handle? At JSRFootball. All right. So thank you again for listening. We'll see you next week. Have a great weekend.